Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. You know, I'm sitting here in the seat that Craig Carton uses to do his radio show, the top-rated radio show, Carton and Roberts, of course. And I come in, and usually the computer is, you know, fresh and, and nothing doing. But today I come in, and once again, Craigie left his Twitter open. And... I don't know. I mean, I'm feeling like, what do you think, Fleegs? We got to let it go again. I, mold, this is oh the no, f- this this one's easy this time because of what's going on. Craig has a lot of followers. You report an Aaron Judge signing. Pick oh, your team. No way! I can't. Judge. Do, I can't do that. No way! No way! I was going to say something like, "Tell me if you think this is good," and we could maybe take uh, listener suggestions as well. What I could tweet out there from Craig's account. I was going to say something like. At Salicata's show is growing on me like that ball on Evan's elbow. <laughs> Why not both? And then it punishes <laughs> anybody who's not listening to you right now. They'll be duped and think Aaron Judge might have gone wherever. No, you want the judge breaking. I can't do that. That because that you know. Although knowing him, you know, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. I, I can't. I feel dirty doing. It. I want to do it. I've wanted to do it in you know the, the times he's done this before. I, I gave him a warning months ago. Don't leave your Twitter thing there. Come on. Him of all people. See, in this situation, you have to think to yourself, what would Carton do? What do you think Carton would do if I left my Twitter up? He would tweet, you know, SNYs and WFNs. Salicata says Aaron Judge is signing with this team for this length and this amount of money. You know it. If Gio, whoever, you know what he'd be doing. He tweets something about, oh, Sal just left his SNY shift or whatever, making $30 or whatever it was that Carton was ripping JJ for. 
You know, that's that's what Craig does. So why can't he get it back? I'm not afraid to do it. I just don't even. I don't want to deal with it. That's why I don't. But I think it would be funny if I said something like that. Sal and well, we don't have judge breaking news, but we do have a free agent and uh, maybe uh, definitely a connection to the Yankees. Maybe then that's Mets breaking news. What on do we contract. got? Jameson Tyone, four years, sixty-eight million with the Cubs. That's from uh, Jeff Passan and Jesse Rogers. Okay, so this is legitimate now, hundred percent legitimate. I'm trusting you, Fleegs, that we're not being had by fake accounts. I checked. It, it is the real Jesse Rogers okay. and Jeff Passan's Twitter account. And so that's all you could do, yeah. It, it's not a fake one of them on Twitter. I think this is actually good news. I didn't want the Mets to get Jamison Tyone. We heard could, you, ima- could you imagine our reaction if the Mets gave Jamison Tyone oh, four years, $68 million? No way. I'd rather give Taiwan Walker, what did he get, 78? 72. Four, so wait, Taiwan Walker got four for hey, 72. Uh, Taiwan Walker did not have a qualifying offer, so there's no draft pick compensation. And what about Tyon? They offered him that or no? That I have to double check. Uh, so Walker got four for 72. Tyon gets four for 68. That leads me to think the Mets are going to pay Kodai Senga five or six for... You know, you're talking about maybe $100 million for five years. And Tyone did not get a qualifying offer. So, Both level playing guys, fields for the two of them. Taiwan Walker got an extra million dollars per year. Right. Wouldn't you rather have Taiwan Walker than Jamison Tyone? We 100%. talked about this yesterday. Not even close. I'm much higher on Taiwan Walker. I had come to terms a while for a while that the Mets weren't going to re-sign him. But I think he's... I give him much more credit than the rest of the people out there do. So, that leaves Kodai Sango or Chris Bassett for the Mets. And you kind of get- tell tell from the Mets the way Buck and they were talking about Senga, they don't give you anything on anybody. They want Senga to come to the Mets. I think it'd be a great signing. I, I don't. I just think that that type of signing, you know, you you bring in a player from Japan. There's an exciting element to that. Well, there's a unknown. high upside. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's a, a high. Up- the floor could be devastating. You know, Tyone and Walker don't have as low of a floor. But the upside with Senga is much more than you're getting from either of those two. Right. You know what you're getting with Walker and Tyone, which is there's there's something to be said about that. I would have taken Walker back. I don't know if I like that number. And then what do you think? Like, give me, I mean, is he going to get $20 million a year, Kodai Senga? Is he going to get more than that? He's not getting, he's getting 25 I mean, he's not getting more than 25 That's Well, if those guys are getting around, maybe he gets 18 but he gets the fifth year. Okay. But I would say 18 minimum, yeah. He might go up, maybe he gets two, All right, so five I'll years, 100, 20 million a year. Done. I'd be perfectly fine with that. I'd rather have that. What do you think Bassett gets? What did Bassett get last year? He was over 18, right? Was he at 20, 21, something? Close, yeah. I, mean, I think Bassett's going to get four, maybe even five years, over $100 million. I mean, he's better last year than Walker and Tyone by right. a good margin. That's what I mean. I think Senga and Bassett are going to be in that next level of pay. Right, it was Rodon, Verlander, DeGrom, then there's the Bassett and Senga tier, and right. then we get down to the Walker, Walker Yeah, right. And if that bottom tier is getting four for 68, what did Stroman get? Do you remember what Stroman got last year? Because I thought he was going to get $100 million for sure, leaving the Mets, coming off of what was a solid season, pitching, you need that. I forgot Three what he Three years, $71 million. Wow, so he got... Less years, but the same money. He's got one less year and, and the same money as Taiwan Walker. And Interesting. Twenty three and like you know six hundred and sixty six thousand. And even that, I thought was less than Strowman was going to get or deserved. Now I know he was a pain in the neck, you know, in the clubhouse, but on field performance, good pitching is hard to find. And Walker now 
Oh, no, not Walker. Tyone is going to go get paired up with um, Marcus Stroman in Chicago. Tywan Walker, of course, goes to Philadelphia, which I'll tell you this. As solid as Walker was, Tywan Walker in that ballpark is a disaster. He, he's, he's a guy that could get hit hard easily. When he doesn't have it, he gets hit hard. I don't like him in that ballpark. Although, guys in that ballpark, I mean, not a lot of – that's why Zach Wheeler is so good. Pitching in that ballpark is difficult in Citizens Bank. Anyway, Walker, not a bad signing. But Kodai Senga or Bassett will be a Met then. Don't you think that you could comfortably say that? I think if Senga turns – I think that's who they want. And if he turns them down, they'll pivot to Bassett and say, all right, right, let's this worked. Let's reunite, which I don't love the idea of that. I I understand Senga's a risk. I want it to, Part of having the team, and this is what they're doing, when you have the ability to spend this money, you can take that risk. Go pay Senga, right. and hopefully you get the next Masahiro Tanaka. And by the way, five years, $100 million is not... I, again, I would give him six years. Yeah, right. I, I would, same thing. Six years, 120 You take the risk because if it doesn't work out, the Mets are in a position where next year, the next three free agent pitching markets are all really robust. You say, okay... It didn't work out in a year or two, and you go then spend that money elsewhere. It's not going to stop you from making another move. We may have talked about this before, Fleeks. And before we get back to the calls, we'll get back to your calls in a second here. 877-337-6666. Does Senga have any relationship with Shohei? We looked it up a couple weeks ago. Right, we talked we about t- this We did before. this off the air. We could not find anything that connected the two of them. The The Angels have expressed interest in Senga. Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, we, we looked it up. Maybe we didn't find anything there. But you, know, you figure that might help. Or, at the very least, showcase what, you know, let's say the Mets do sign Senga. He's going to become a star here, potentially. In this market, in New York, if he does well, he's going to become a, I mean, not that Otani needs that, but. But it's a little hint of like, hey, this is what be, it's doing yeah. for Senga. You're Shohei Otani, imagine what it's going to be like for you. Oh, my God. It would just be insane. Listen, we know, we say we know, I mean, we have a strong feeling. The Mets, they have their eyes set on Shohei Otani. I don't think there's any question about it. Now, I will say that I heard that, little birdie told me, I heard that, this is way back. It might have even been last year. It was definitely... AC, after Cohen took over. So, I heard it, and it was just like, that might be a thing to watch eventually. And when you couple that with the way that the Mets have not gone all in on another bat to pair with, you know, the big Lindor contract. See, here's the thing. The Mets have money. Steve Cohen has proven he's got money. I know people are worried about Alonzo and McNeil. He's going to lock those guys up. He's not letting them go. If he wants those guys which I believe he does, he's going to lock them up. Yeah, and they want to be here, exactly. If they want to be here and he wants them, which I do think is the case, they will get paid. He will lock them up. Don't even worry about that. But why not go out there and get another big bat? Something doesn't add up. And I bet it's because they're holding back, waiting to make a legit run at Shohei Otani. I think part of it, too, guy. like the, who are the guys that they've signed outside of Lindor in the last few years offensively? One, they had they knew they were gonna have to spend money to cover until the farm system is ready to do anything, but short term deals also that when that way the guys that they actually want to give the four hundred, five hundred million dollar right. contract to become available, that's who you know, they want a guy like Otani. They want a guy like Soto. Soto they right. the they no, don't yeah. want a guy like Aaron Judge, will they say thirty one years old, that that's just not 
whether they're right or wrong, we won't know for a long time. But that's that's not who they have their eyes set on. So they're spending on the guy. Like you'll see them sign a bat this year. Whoever they get, yeah, it's that's a, a max year, of a two, right, a th- a two, two years year. with an option, and you know maybe a couple, you know, an extra two million dollars for that guy that year because they want to be able to move on in the next few years and reset the core. So Shohei will be twenty nine this July, and right, an eleven or twelve year deal. Right, totally right. works. Right. So you're talking about twelve. What would the math be on? Let's say twelve. What do you think he's getting per year? We would say he's got, it's got to be at least fifty. At least six hundred million. <coughs> well, and listen, what have we talked about for you? We talked first. It was Soto. Well, who's going to be the first owner to give out that insane five hundred billion dollar contract or five hundred million dollar contract? What was so? What did Soto turn down? Did he turn down five hundred from the Nationals or close to it? Was it that high? Remember, he because turned they, down. There were uh, it was like fourteen years. So the average value wasn't that much. Oh, right. Or, I okay. mean, it was a lot, but it wasn't. I think if you're Shohei Otani's representative, the number's got to be six. It's insane. It's got to be six. Because he's worth at least $50 million a year. At least. And that's why we were talking about this off the air. If you're a Mets fan that wants Otani, assuming the team that gets judged is out of the race for Otani between the Giants and the Yankees, who would you rather see out of that race? And we both said it's probably the Giants. Because I could see that they're willing to go almost four hundred million dollars for Judge. If they don't, they get might judged, be more yeah. likely to give that absurd. Listen, the contract Otani gets is going to be absurd. We understand that. I still want my team to do it. It's over I think five. More, I think the Mets are the most likely to offer that. Then the Giants and Dodgers. I think the Yankees are coming up near last on that list Dude, of the big market teams. O- Otani, forget about it. The more I think about it, like it's you couldn't get a bigger star than that. Maybe ever. If, like they, if, they gave him, if they gave him $60 million a year or something like that for 10 years, and it's only until, I mean, right. because of what he does hitting and pitching, you you have to look at it as, well, those are two players you're bringing in. And, you're bringing in the pitcher who's worth that and the hitter who's worth that. And by the way, if for whatever reason he can't pitch. Right, he, he's oh, even like right. a couple years ago when he had the surgery, he's still able to hit. So you're taking a hit on that value. It's not what you were expecting to pay, but it's not getting completely washed out. And plus the intangibles and all the stuff on the side that it brings. Oh, my God. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Vince is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Vince? Hi, Vince. Vince, are you with us? Vince, are you there? All right, Vince is not with us. We'll put him on hold for a sec. John is in Park Ridge. What's up, John? Hey, how are you? John, you're there. I appreciate that. What's on your mind? Thank you for taking my call. Before I bring up my point, just listen to the last conversation. Otani, now you're talking, oh, my God, you're going to pay Judge to say whatever, $360 million a year, and then Scherzer and all these guys, Verlander making $40 million a year. You almost have to double that contract with Otani. Well, that's, right. That's that's the thing is how much is a guy that could do what he can do worth per year? Are you paying for the pitcher? Are you paying for the hitter? Are you paying for both? Like that's first, why it, it probably starts two, at fifty. The first year or two, you're paying for both, right? I well, don't I don't, I don't know what he's going to get, but I look. I can't imagine him getting more than a six hundred million dollar contract. No, but, but six hundred million sounds reasonable considering 
that'll be the highest level set, the highest bar set, I would think. You're talking 10 or 11 years at around $50 million per year, roughly, for Shohei Otani. That's probably what you're looking at. Yeah, that's not inconceivable right now. And, by the way, I don't think that's a bad value. Okay, so can I go back to my original question? Yeah, sure, go ahead. Okay, I'm a Met fan. Just that has nothing to do with my question. But, okay, Giants... San Francisco Giants and New York Yankees both going after Judge. Re- regardless of the number, who has a better chance to win a championship with both of them, with him on both their teams next year, and who has a better chance of winning multiple championships in the next whatever his contract signs for eight years, six years, nine years? So you're, years. you're basically just saying, it, say you say you put Judge on the Giants next year, you put Judge on the Yankees next year. Who's going to win more moving Correct. forward? And, and the next, whatever it's contract yeah. to be, seven, um, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, that's an impossible question to answer. John. I don't know. I don't know the Giants lineup as well. Like I know when they won three championships in in six years, right? I, I knew their lineup better. I'm a New Yorker, so I know more about the Mets and the Yankees. So right. is San Francisco ready to win now? Well, they're going to build a team out. I mean, they did win 100 games, over 100, over 100 games, not last year, but the year before. But they, that was two years ago, though. Yeah, but it's two years ago. I mean, it's, it's not far removed. I mean, but you, how many years ago did they win last year? Uh, well, I, last year, last year they were 500 team. Okay, so like I would say with Judge, the Yankees can win next year. I know, but the, here's the thing. The Yankees haven't won. No, I understand. So, I so the, well, well, let me let me ask you this way. I mean, I don't know how far back you want to go, but since the Yankees won their last World Series, right? Which you know what year that was, right? How many World Series have the Giants won? Three. Yeah, I mean, so what? What are we going back to? Like, are we just looking at the Giants as a loser organization, or are we no, say, I mean, they've won three. Asking. They won three World Series since the Yankees have last been to no. one. Now, you want to talk about consistency in the postseason? Sure, the Giants have been a team that has struggled a little bit in the last several years. They're looking to, you know, they're looking to rebuild. They're looking to get out of it. But they won 107 games two years ago. They came crashing back down to 500 this year in a bad year. And now they're well, going to go out there and spend. And they got Mitch Hanniger already, and they're trying to get Aaron Judge. Well, you answered my question because I was asking for your opinion, and you answered it perfectly. Yeah, I, well, I don't, did I? I? What did I say? I don't even. I mean, I'm just no, giving you're you. saying that San Francisco, they, yeah, they can turn around a lot quicker than apparently the Yankees can. Well, not that. Here's the thing: the Yankees, John. It's a tough question to answer. And thank you for the call. I appreciate checking in. And I get why you're asking. And I don't like. I feel like that's a popular thought around here. Well, if he's going to win, what you want to come to the Yankees? The Yankees are so much better. Well, are they? I mean, look at the recent history. The Giants seem to know what they're doing. It's not like it's a ball club that won 68 games last year and is finishing last place, you know, three years in a row, like mm, the Texas Rangers. That would be a tougher sell. The Giants were 500 last year. It happens. And the year before that, they won 107 games. Now, there's really nobody. I know, like, you could pick the Dodgers or Braves and Astros in recent years, but overall, you're talking about the last 25, almost 30 years, whatever it's been. There's nobody that could compare to the Yankees' sustained success. And I'm not one who believes the postseason is a crapshoot. However, the Yankees get there every year. You figure one of these times they're going to break through. 
but they haven't been able to figure it out since 2010. Since 2009, the Giants won a World Series in 2010, 2012, and again in 2014. And then back in the NLDS in 2016. And then again two years ago in 2021. So it's not like you're just talking about some loser franchise. The other aspect, though, is that the Dodgers are in their division. The Padres are in their division. It is not going to be easy there for the Giants. You can make the case, while the AL East is generally one of the best divisions in baseball, Toronto is good, Tampa always wins, maybe the Red Sox get a little bit better, the Orioles played hard last year. Uh, I don't know if it's as top-heavy when you look at what the Dodgers and Padres have done. I don't know. I don't know the answer. For whatever reason, Brian Cashman and the Yankees have not not been able to build a team that could get to a World Series. Oh, and by the way, one thing that you know, Judge won't have to go through the Astros, at least until he gets in the World Series. That's been the bugaboo for the Yanks. 877-337-6666. Quick break. More of your calls on the other side. Mets, Judge, Yankees, Hot Stove, whatever else you want to discuss on this Wednesday morning as we sit here and wait. And then if it doesn't happen... Tonight or this morning, we'll wait some more until we wake up tomorrow and see if Aaron Judge will make a decision. And then I got a feeling for a long time it's going to be all about Judge's decision. And obviously the other moves that are going to follow, whether it's the Mets and the Yankees, or the Mets or the Yankees and Brandon Nimmo and Andrew Benintendi and Kodai Senga and all and Carlos Rodon waiting for that as well, should be a busy few days here for the hot stove baseball season. We need your second opinion. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. back on the fan real quick and we'll get to the baseball stuff here and maybe Fleeks and I could do more of this as we move forward here I know you're a big college uh, football fan Fleeks I am or at least I was I, I just don't watch it anymore I don't have the time to do it but I am interested in it so we were just talking about one of the great things behind the scenes of fan used to be that college football pool the college bowl pool it was part of the holiday season you'd be shopping you'd be checking out the poinsettia ball it was, it was just so much fun so I saw SNY promoting one of the matchups in a bowl game that UConn is in and it made me think these bowls are all set. So we now have the full slate. Everything is good to go. Yeah, everything is set up the Sunday. They, they announced a college football playoff at new, or in the noon hour on Sunday. And then while we're all watching NFL football, all the other bowls are set up. All the other bowls. Why would they do that? Why would they do like a selection Sunday show? Well, and they- a lot, a lot of them though, because of the ties. Like you know, this is Pac-12 two versus uh, ACC three, whatever. So right. most of them, you once the playoff is set, you know how the rest of it is going to fall out for the most part. Okay, so you know how it is anyway. And then the playoff, you were telling me. So I just I paid attention a little bit to what Saban was saying, how he was complaining that Alabama should be in because they're one of the best teams in the country. So why not get them in the playoff as opposed to Ohio State, who was number four. Just because they had a better record, Alabama's a better team. But come on, dude. It doesn't work like that. I mean, losses got to count against well, you. You were the better team. You are better probably than Tennessee and LSU, and you lost to both of them. Have you? 
if you just lose to one of them, both in games that, you know, the part of the spin for Alabama is, well, they'd be favored against Ohio State and TCU and maybe Michigan. Like, all right, yeah, they were also favored against Tennessee, and they lost. They were favored uh, by more than a touchdown against LSU, and they lost. So don't lose those games. And again, had Alabama just lost one of them, they would have been fine. They would have right. been, been four. There would have been no debate about it. What's the lastly on this? We'll get back to the calls here in a second on the baseball stuff. What's the rule change? They expanded, right? And when is that coming into play? They expanded. So the- next year is the same with four teams. Okay. The following year, it goes to twelve. Oh my God, twelve? Yeah, we're skipping eight, Why which most they go people to seem to want, and going right. Well, because they're going to make a, just an absurd amount of money. Think about they're how gonna, far the first we've come. round is going to be on campus sites unless the team decides to play it at a neutral field. So you're going to have these extra campus games, and then they're adding a, just a ton of playoff games. I think that'll be fun, having them on campus for these bowl games, for this playoff. But come on, we've gotten to a point, I'm old enough to remember, when there wasn't a, a college football playoff. Like, come on. Uh, and everybody wanted the playoff, then four, and you knew four wasn't going to be enough. But to go from four right to 12, 12 teams are going to be in it? What do you think is going to happen? You're going to have the SEC and Alabama dominate every year even more so now, I would think. Right? I, well, I think ultimately you might see a little more parity just because, listen, powerhouse programs are always going to be powerhouse programs. But one, you'll see a lot of recruits who think, well, I ha- listen, I have to go to Alabama or Ohio State or Georgia to have a shot at playing in the big games in college and now get my best won't. shot at the NFL. Now you don't. Now you can maybe even pursue, well, I'll get more playing time at this other school that, you know, gives me a good chance of, I'll still be in the playoffs, may not like, end up winning uh, it, like but Rutgers. I'll get that exposure. Yeah, right. <laughs> sure. Or every other Big Ten team before Rutgers. Uh, you know, th- so I think that could happen where you'll see a little bit more parity. And we know this, too. This is just the nature of sports. Three rounds of playoffs. Anything could happen. So at some point along the line, even if it only happens once out of every 10 years, someone's going to get upset because the team is going to get out coach or they're going to the players are going to think yeah. oh this is an easy game for us and they're going to slip up. up upsets happen college football is our most chaotic sport in america something is going to happen at some I, point i guess i mean i guess you can make that argument i, I still though, like even if notre dame gets in the 14 playoff you know, they they usually get spanked so why would i think that that's going to change with 12 teams you're going to have worse teams allowed in would there be the occasional Upset, sure, but I don't think it's going to change. If anything, I think like this year, for example, a team like Alabama gets in, and now, uh oh, well, Bama's in, so that would take a team, you know, that's less than whoever that may be. Ohio State, who'd you say is number three again? Georgia, TCU. Michigan, TCU, right? TCU. What do you think is going to happen? TCU or Alabama? I mean, you know, I would expect that Alabama's going to bash him, and I have not watched one second of college football. Anyway, I do think it's fascinating. You yeah, well, here's the thing: you might also be setting up if what if one of those teams gets, you know, whatever team might, uh, you know, beat up Notre Dame. Well, what if they don't treat so seriously another matchup, and then by the time a Notre Dame like that team gets there, well, the team that you thought was going to beat them up is not their opponent anymore. They're, again, it's like we saw with the Dodgers this year. Everybody's wearing, oh, well, how, what are you going to do against the Dodgers? What are you going to do against the Dodgers? All of a sudden, if you're the team that played the other division series right. and you get there, and the Dodgers aren't your opponent. Yeah, I guess anything could happen. I'll tell you this, it would add more intrigue. I'd probably be more into it. Maybe it brings a wider audience into it any kind I mean, of playoff these four, is a fun these four first round games in the bull in the on-site one they're most of them are going to sell out and then what they're going to do on tv for these ratings i mean they're just it's all it's about the be, money no, they're going to make monster. an absurd amount of money one, one last one are these four games this year on new year's eve again yeah because new year's day is sunday 
I just hate when they do that. It's awful. And the second one is 8 o'clock. It takes me out of it. I mean, there's a good if there's somehow a competitive game, it's ending right before we hit midnight in the new year. It's almost like it's geared toward, you know, college students. <laughs> I mean, that's it's obvious. It's definitely I like- just always, I, I under, you know, it, it, the plan should be play New Year's Day. And if they can't because the NFL is on a ha- Sunday, then play the semifinals on Monday or Tuesday. And even if the Rose Bowl, now this is going to change. The Rose Bowl has given up a little bit with their strict, uh, their stronghold on the uh, 5 o'clock Eastern time, 2 o'clock Pacific on New Year's Day or January 2nd. Then play the other one at noon and play the best semifinal game January 2nd at 8 o'clock or 8.30. Right, if you have you to do it once out of every six day. years because of New Year's Day. Nobody's New Year's Eve is their worst ratings because people are Too doing other people things. people doing stuff. You can't, you can't have that. All right, anyway. And because the games have mostly been blowouts in the semifinals, it's hard for like a guy like me who loves college football. And then my wife, who also follows college football, she'll even know, like, well... This game is going to stink, so right. are we really staying home for that? Right. And the Hard to argue no. with that. Yeah, exactly. The answer is no, we can't. It's New Year's Eve. Go out while you can, believe me, because when you get the baby, you ain't doing squat. 877-337-6666. Mike is calling from Delray Beach. What's up, Mike? Well, before I get to Aaron Judge, I think this year is the perfect example of why the old BCS system was perfect, because it's clear as day that Georgia and Michigan are the best two teams, and the third and fourth seeds are playing for – um, third and fourth. So. Oh, right, exactly. So ultimately, it, it's a man. Look, you know how the money works, Mike. You want to open it up Definitely. and have more teams. I get it, but ultimately, you're going to end up in the same spot anyway. Correct. Um, Sal, I, I was the only person I think today that was that was genuinely happy when John Heyman's tweet came out. I, I really believe that in order for this franchise, and I'm a team over player person, to move forward is for him to see see something else. They they lack contact hitters, and with that contract, when he breaks the bank, mind you, for a player who's never won anything with this organization already, I, I just don't see how signing into this deal makes them a World Series contender next year or even changes the team they have now. It probably gets worse on paper. Well, I don't know how it gets – how do you think it gets worse? I, they are not going to sign Andrew Benatendi. They need a left fielder. They're not going to be able to sign maybe, maybe Rodone to get him. But, again, you're just – Crazy well, they could sign. Let's just say. I mean, they can sign Benintendi. I mean, I think that's the idea. Let's say. Now, I'd be surprised if they brought Judge back and got Rodon and Benintendi. But let's say that they did. You happy then? Um, no, it's well, not enough. I, I, I want contact hitters. I would rather take a flyer on Yoshida. Well, well Benintendi is a contact hitter. Correct. But I would rather resign, or I would rather resign Benintendi. I'll take a flyer on Yoshida. I'll give Xander a fair offer. I'll sign Rodon and pick up the pieces from there. And, and hope that Aaron Judge walks? Yeah. I, you know, I'm obviously going to do that if he's there. No, he's never going to see the end of that deal. You and I both know it. Never. I don't right. Care what for. right. But there are moves, and thank you for the call, Mike. Appreciate you checking in. There are moves that you got to make sometimes, even though you know. You know, for example, the Mets did that with David Wright years ago. Not that you expected Wright to have his career cut short because of the spinal stenosis, but it didn't matter at the time, the end of that deal, you know, seven year, whatever, it, whatever it may be, year six, year seven, didn't matter. They had to sign David Wright. I said it on the air. If they didn't re-sign David Wright, they might as well fold up shop. The Yankees aren't quite there with Judge, but it's close. A team like the New York Yankees, 
can't. Now, now, here's the trick. It shouldn't be preventing them from upgrading the other areas. Now, you have to be realistic, somewhat realistic, but these Yankees aren't the same Yankees that used to go out there and upgrade when needed, regardless of cost. They're just not the same, and that's the problem. So you can worry about the end of the year or the end of the contract with Judge. Oh, you know, Sal, that year eight, year nine, it's not going to work out. Yeah, maybe not. But since when do the Yankees give a crap about that? The Yankees sign guys like Kei Gawa, Jacoby Ellsbury, Sterling Hitchcock, Carl Pavano, and on and on we go, where they just ate bad contracts for years. And now we're going to nitpick with one of the great players in franchise history coming off a record-breaking season. We're going to nitpick and say, well, you know that year eight and nine are going to be a bust. Yeah, maybe. So what? The Yankees have had a lot worse. And they've eaten those contracts. The difference now is that they seem like they can't go out there and add on to Aaron Judge's contract. Now, look, they, they're paying Stanton a lot. They're paying Garrett Cole a lot. You know, I, I understand you can't have $400 million players or $350 million, whatever it may be, all over the field. I get that. But you also are trying to win a World Series or get back to one when you haven't been since 2009. It is, you're also trying to keep the fan base happy. It is necessary to bring back Aaron Judge here, regardless of how you think the end of that contract is going to work. Joe is on Staten Island. What's up, Joe? Hey, Sal. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Do, do they say that anymore? Yes, they do. When they are first-time <laughs> callers, I appreciate that. Joe, what's on your mind? Yeah, I tell my friends you're the voice of intelligent dissent, but they don't like to stay up as late as I do. Listen, I want you to help me understand. What, what do the Mets win, mean when they say win now? I don't understand exactly. I'm a card player. I've won a couple of tournaments here and there. When you talk about going all in, you're not sitting with your pile and figuring out judiciously how to make your 1.5% return on your investment for the season. You are either in or you're out. And this playing the long game, whatever it might be, you know, let's be honest about it. Whatever it might be, it is not win now. It's not win now. And I think that they've got you confused Two, you know, last week you were talking about minimum of two bats. This week you're talking about Kiermaier and maybe whatever else is out there. So I think maybe they've got you a little bit confused, too. I'm, no, I'm going to hang not, up and listen. Well, well, hold on. I'm not confused. I mean, the report is that if they don't get Nimmo. See, here's there's no confusion. I just don't know what they're going to do. What I would do is bring back Nimmo and go get another bat. That's what I would do. If they don't right. now, if they can't afford Nemo and another bat, I'm perfectly fine with Kiermaier and then getting another bat. Now, the one caveat here, as we've been talking about, is the biggest bat that they could potentially get is not available right now. That would be Shohei Otani. So you're, you're 
like I would go out and get Carlos Correa, but if I knew that I could potentially get Shohei Otani, I'm not blowing that opportunity on Carlos Correa or anybody else for that matter. Trey Turner. But you don't, you don't know that, right, Sal? I mean, you're playing cards. You don't get to say, I'm going to take a timeout. I'm going to wait and see what comes out on the next hand. Right, but, there's, but, there's, but there's one of two guys. Let's say they miss on Shohei Otani. Well, you know who's right around the corner after that? Juan Soto. So, I mean, that's another guy you could go out and invest. I, I also believe... Well, let me ask you, Joe. Do you think the Mets then are just, what, they're watching their spending? Or do you think that they're actually calculating the potential best investment in the future? I think that they're doing I think they're doing the latter. But I'll tell you, I'm in the same situation as last year, Sal. When they signed Scherzer, you would have thought at the deadline, and you've acknowledged this yourself, at the deadline, when you've made an investment like that and you've got a window with DeGrom where he might be back, he might not, at that window, you are going to go for it because that's your window, and you know that there's going to be chaos with free agents leaving the team the following year. And they did when not the go all in. They, they did not go all in. Yeah, and that was the first thing, Joe, and thank you for the call, and I appreciate the kind words. And by the way, you don't have to stay up all hours of the night, although I do appreciate that. You could always catch us free on the Odyssey app. Listen when you want on the free Odyssey app. They did not go all-in last year. They were not overly aggressive at the trade deadline for different reasons. There wasn't the right fit. They didn't want to give up the prospects the way they did with Pete Crow Armstrong the year before. There were multiple reasons. That wasn't the reason that they fell short of the division. It wasn't the reason why they got bounced in the wild card round either. The bigger reason for that is that their horses didn't get the job done. Mainly Scherzer and Bassett. But it's a very, I don't know the inner workings of what they're thinking exactly. And you're right, nobody wants to wait and play that game. But there's really only one bat that the Mets should have gone all in on and have not gone all in on. And that's Aaron Judge. You know, it's not like Mookie Betts became available and the Mets passed. It's not like Manny Machado or Bryce Harper became available or Mike Trout became available and the Mets passed. Aaron Judge is the only one. Franchise-changing, bona fide superstar player. He's the only one. Trey Turner's a great player. He's not that level. Carlos Correa, great player, not that level. Lindor, great player, not that level. We're talking about mega superstar level like Harper, like Machado, like Trout, like Betts, like Judge. Well, Otani and Soto are those guys. And unless you think that Steve Cohen is worried about spending too much money, which I don't know what would give you that idea, there's got to be something bigger being planned here. There's got to be a down-the-road This is the guy we want. And common sense to me would lead them to Otani. Doesn't mean they get him, but it means that that's where their focus is going to be, trying to land Shohei Otani. And then potentially, if not, maybe the insurance behind that is Juan Soto. And in the meantime, build a ball club that can be as dangerous as any other. Are they right now? Are they as good as the Braves? Are they as good as the Phillies or the Dodgers or the Padres or the Astros? Probably not, but they did win 101 games last year. 
And they got to improve on that. And they're in the process of trying to do that. I mean, we could revisit this in March when we get ready for spring training. Hard to say on December 7th what the Mets are going to look like this year. Though you get the feeling it's not going to be a superstar stud bat because that's going to be reserved for the possibility of Shohei Otani. Like it or not, that's the, that's the reality. And it's not just after this year. It could be at the trade deadline. It could be in a few months. Then the tune will change significantly. People will forget that the Mets didn't get Trey Turner or Carlos Correa or whoever, or even Aaron Judge. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Salakata back on the fan goal to 5 a.m. The warm-up show with Alan Jerry. So plenty more of sports talk with you here on the overnight. Mike is calling from Tom's River. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's going on, Sal? Yeah, not much. What's up with you? All right, so this is what I think. I think that the Yankees released the Brian Cashman signing right before he failed on Aaron Judge because he knew all the Yankee fans would turn on him. So that's why they did it right before. Well, what do you mean? What would that have to do with anything? So it's not too late because if all the Yankees fans don't want it, don't like him, you know, once they know he signed already for four years, it's just different. Well, I don't know how, though, Mike, because he wasn't going anywhere anyway, right? Let's just say that it didn't come out, that you didn't get the extension from Cashman. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess your point would be that if Judge left to the Giants, everybody would be saying, don't bring him back, don't bring him back, don't bring him back. But they were saying that before. And it was because of Cashman that he's leaving. Well, I mean, A you don't know bit. that. Now, now, if it came out, if Judge said specifically, well, I don't like Brian Cashman, I don't like the way he handled things, maybe there'd be a problem. Here's the thing, though. The fans clearly will not dictate what Hal Steinbrenner is going to do when it comes to Brian Cashman because if they were, Cashman would be gone already. Right. You know what I mean? I get and, I get what you're saying, but I don't think one had to do with the other, the release of it. And one more point that how could Cashman say we're running it back and then fail on Judge? That, that was the whole – how do you run it back? How is this team on paper going to be any better without 
Aaron Judge. Well, that's a that's a totally different question, Mike, and that's a good one that we need to figure out. And thank you for the call. Appreciate you checking in. If the Yankees do bring back Judge, how are they going to get better? If they don't bring back Judge, they're screwed. At least in the short term. I mean, can you see any scenario where the Yankees lose out on Judge and improve their ball club from a year ago? I mean, what would that scenario be? Who are they getting? Their young guys are infielders. They're loaded up in the infield. Where are they getting that big bat? In the short term, I mean, they would be involved in Shohei Otani for sure. But what would it take to then get him at the trade deadline? You know, they'd be giving up Volpe, who you, I mean, want them to be a contributor, right? Angels aren't going to want Glaber Torres. It would be, I mean, to Brian Cashman's point, he doesn't know what they would do. And that's a major problem. They need Judge back just so they could take a deep breath and say, okay, well, at least we're back to square one where we were a year ago. Now let's add on Rodon, Benintendi, and so on. If they lose Judge, they are absolutely screwed in the short term. They would need to go get Brandon Nimmo, put him in left. Maybe they take a chance on Michael Conforto. All the Mets scrap heap. Maybe take a chance on Michael Conforto and right. You have to have John Carl Stanton stay healthy the whole year and actually have a 50 home run season. They minimum have to get Rodon in that rotation. Try to go more pitching heavy. But the void that would be left there. Ooh. That'd be a major problem. Jason is calling from Tom's River. What's up, Jason? Hey, how you doing? Um, First right. time, long time. Oh, nice to have you aboard. What's on your mind? Yeah, so I just wanted to chime in over here. You know, I'm thinking, how pathetic are these Major League Baseball owners? I mean, you're thinking, you're looking at 30, $300 million for Trey Turner. You're giving, you're talking numbers, $40 million a year for Judge, or Tommy, $50 million a year. This is... Absurd. There's no position player in the Major League Baseball that could have any sort of impact that would justify such. Look, look, the Yankees play the Guardians. The Guardians, the, you know, the payroll is like one fifth to one fourth of the Yankees. Judge struck out like 15 times. They they they, they barely, barely squeezed out a win. They got swept by the Astros. Mm-hmm. Otani, the two probably the, arguably the two best of two of the top five players in the majors are Proud and Otani. They're both on the Angels. These guys haven't been 500. In the last five years. I get it. But, it's ridiculous. Well, I, I get it, but that doesn't mean you don't want good players, right? I mean, if you don't want to pay anybody. Want good players, but there's, there's only two people. There's only, in my opinion, there's only two positions in sports that justify such a thing that are real game changers. There's NFL quarterbacks, and there's maybe an ace that will win two out of five games in a, in a, in a five-game series. or give you maybe three wins in a seven-game series that, that's really going to make a difference. But a, a position player, the guy's up one Four times a game, five times a game. Yeah, but a, a pitcher pitches once every five days. I understand, but in a in a playoff series, he's he's gonna he's gonna bring you two wins, right? He's gonna. Oh, he's still not getting as many opportunities as an offensive player would. I mean, 
But an offensive, but a, but a pitcher control once he's playing, he's controlling the whole game. The, the offensive player is playing once he, he he's up four times. Well, what, what pitcher? What pitcher today throws the whole game? I mean, it's not 1960 anymore. As a matter of fact, it's not even 1980. I'm just saying, the, even if the ground is a guy. Well, here, here's the argument, though. Here's the argument against what you're saying, Jason. And I get what you're saying. Look at what the Mets did last year. They built their team the way that you would probably prefer, where they went all in with the starting pitching. Well, how'd that work out for them? Well, how'd it work out for them to pay $250 million for Lindor? How'd that work out well, three, for them? Well, what do you mean? What are you getting at 250 They paid 340 for Lindor. 340 whatever it is. I'm sorry. I'm off by a couple hundred million. Right, but what? It, well, so, I don't understand the point. He had a good uh, second year last year. You're saying, but this crazy. What is he doing? What is he doing for you? Why did? Well, he, he helped him win 101 games. I mean, what, what do you mean? Lindor was a great defensive oh, player. He, how did he help him? How did he help him win 101 games? 25. What do you have? 27 homers this year. Yeah, he had a big year. He had, Lindor had a great year. Drove in over 100 runs. Did you watch the Mets this year? No, I didn't watch the Mets this year. Well, then, how, then, then how are you going to tell me? And thanks for the call. What Lindor did or didn't do if you didn't watch the Mets? I mean, if you don't know the impact that Francisco Lindor had on the team, 26 homers, 107 ribbies, he had, a good, he had a solid year. A good year. Good defensively. I mean, the idea that you're just not going to pay anybody, it doesn't work like that. Look, you don't have to have $300, $400 million players to win, but it helps. And it makes it a lot more fun. I don't care what you say. And the Angels do stink. But it is fun to watch Mike Trout and Shohei Otani play baseball. There's always the entertainment aspect of it as well. Fans want to be entertained. You'd rather be a Rays fan and have those guys pay their, their biggest contract in team history was Zach Eflin for $40 million or whatever it was for three years? Like, that's the contract that you signed? Well, well, I don't care if they win 90 games each year. That's boring as hell. Who wants that? I agree that the numbers, 400 million, 500 million, whatever, 40 million a year, 50 million a year, it sounds absurd. It's not your money. And by the way, you think that's absurd? What do you think these teams are making? You know what I find absurd? Eight bucks a beer. Six bucks a hot dog. 200 bucks for field-level tickets against the Marlins in July. Like, that to me is absurd. Not the 50 million that the players are making. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.